I want you to take your Bible and stand. We're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 18. 1 Samuel chapter 18. And I want to call your attention to verse 6 through verse 8. Then I'll allude to other verses in this chapter. 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 6 says this. It says, And it came to pass as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women came out of all cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth. What does that mean? It means he was torqued. And the saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands. And to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can be more? What can be more? Tell you what's going to be more. He's going to want my kingdom just as sure as everything. He's going to want my throne just as sure as everything. I've been preaching for several weeks on finding freedom. I've got one more message in this series. I'll preach it next Sunday morning, and then I begin a three-week series about three people that we all need in our lives. But I want to talk to you about freedom from jealousy. Freedom from jealousy. Often tell the story about Barbara and I going shopping. Now, I'm not a good shopper. You wouldn't enjoy shopping with me. I've got one thing on my mind. I know before I pull up in the department store what I want to get. I've pretty much already got it picked out. And uh, so I'm, I'm really not a good shopper. I just walk in and get what I want, just head out just as fast as I can. But now that's not Barbara. And sometimes I believe Barbara hides from me when we go shopping. I believe she hides so she can shop longer sometimes. And one time we was in a department store and I was ready to go and I couldn't find Barbara and I found this lady. Now, she was a beautiful lady and she was standing over there. And I walked up to that beautiful lady and I said, would you do me a favor? She said, if I can. I said, do you mind having a conversation with me? She said, I don't even know you. Why would I have a conversation? I said, well, just to be honest with you, you're a beautiful lady. And I said, this is what happens. When I'm in a place and I see a beautiful lady and I start talking with her, my wife appears out of nowhere. <laughs> now, that's a joke. But the truth is, jealousy can be real serious. Jealousy can be real serious. There's a lady, I give you her name, and you probably won't remember the name, but her name was Wanda Holloway. Wanda Holloway lived in Channelville, Texas. And Wanda Holloway had a daughter who tried out for the cheerleading team. And it came down for the final spot between Wanda's daughter, Wanda's daughter, I was trying to recall her name, Shanna, and another little girl. And Shanna didn't get the spot. And it upset Wanda Holloway greatly. And so she had a plan. She thought if something happened, if something happened to the other girl's mother, Verna Heath, that that girl would be so distraught with her mother's death, she would drop out of cheerleading 
And that way, her daughter, Shanna, would get the final spot. She hired her ex-brother-in-law literally to commit a murder and to kill Verna Heath. Everything was going as planned, but he went to the authorities and immediately reported her, and she was arrested. That tells you the extent of how bad jealousy can be. You know, I just thought about it. Song of Solomon chapter 8 verse 6 says this, folks. It says, jealousy is as cruel as the grave. Nothing any crueler, nothing any more controlling than jealousy. Now, let me give you the background to the story. David was moving up. He was moving on up in Saul's army. Literally, he killed Goliath, and he took a giant leap. He was moving on up in the army, and everybody was proud of David. Everybody was proud for David except one man, and that man was Saul. And the reason why Saul got upset, they had been battling the Philistines, and they come back in the town, and the women are singing and dancing and cheering, and they say these words, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And jealousy swelled up in Saul's heart. And on two different occasions, jealousy got such a consuming passion in his heart, he took javelins and threw them at David, planning to end and trying to end David's life. He literally was controlled and consumed and hostage to his jealousy. I want you to understand, folks, we can be consumed and we can be a hostage to jealousy. Now, I began to process this subject, and I began to process six areas of jealousy. I want to give them to you. Six areas of jealousy. The first area of jealousy is people. People. Saul was king. What's amazing, he was king. He had the throne. He had the palace. He had the cabinet. He had the entourage. He had everything. But yet, he was controlled by jealousy because he was jealous of David. After a long illness, a woman died and arrived at the gates of heaven. She asked the gatekeeper, how do I get in? He said, you've got to spell a word. She said, what's the word? He said, the word is love. She said, L-O-V-E. He said, come right on in. About six months later, the gatekeeper asked the woman to watch the gate. While the woman was watching the gate, her husband arrived. I'm surprised to see you, the woman said. Have you been? Oh, I've been doing pretty well since you died. Her husband told, I married that beautiful young nurse who took care of you while you were ill. I then won the lottery. I sold our little house. I got a big, big mansion. My wife and I traveled all over the world. We were on vacation water skiing when I fell and a ski hit my head. And that's why I'm here. How do I get in? She said, you've just got to spell a word. He said, okay, what is it? She said, Czechoslovakia. <laughs> this is what I know, folks. 
Just like Saul was jealous of David, we can be jealous of people. There's a second area of jealousy. It's not only people, but it's prosperity. It's prosperity. You know, the Bible says this about Isaac in Genesis 26 and 14. It says, he acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. Tell you some folks, I've, I've been in the church since I was 16. At 16, I had a blood-bought, heartfelt, sin-killing, life-changing, devil-chasing experience with God. Changed my life. Never been the same. Never been the same. Changed my life. But you know what I've noticed about the church? We weep pretty well together. We weep pretty well together. But we don't rejoice real well together. We don't rejoice well. Did you hear about Sally? She lost weight. Yeah, I hear she's taking diet pills. If I have to do it that way, I'll keep my weight. We, we, we don't rejoice real well together. And many times we're jealousy, jealous over the prosperity of others. I, I heard about a guy that got hearing aids. He was an elderly old man. He got hearing aids. And somebody asked him, said, what does your family think about the hearing aids? He said, oh, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know I've got them. He said, but you know what I do? He said, I just sit around and listen. I just sat around and listened to their conversations. And he said, I will tell you this, I've already changed my wheel three times. <laughs> We're jealous of people. We're jealous of prosperity. I'll tell you something else. We're jealous of positions. We're jealous of positions. You know, it's so interesting. People are always, you know, the best of men are men at best. And I was, when I was putting this message together, I was studying about the disciples. I thought about these guys. Jesus has the Lord's Supper with them. I mean, literally, he says, this is my body and this is my blood. It's going to be shed for you. He takes a basin, a towel, and he washes their feet. He no more gets that done. You read the Scripture close. He no more gets that done. And in Luke 22, 24, this is what those cats said. <laughs> By the way, which one of us is going to be the greatest? I mean, he had just taught them humility. And five minutes later, they wanted to know which one of us is going to be the greatest. And see, folks, if we're not awful careful, we're jealous of others because they got a position and we didn't. How'd they get the position? I didn't get the position. And then we're jealous not only because of position, we're, we're jealous because of performance. That was Saul's problem, if you think about it. Saul was real jealous because the people were saying, Saul's killed his thousands, but David's killed his ten thousands. He was jealous over the performance in David's life. I have a friend, if I called his name, you'd know his name, so I'm not going to call his name. I, think, I hope he don't call my name in some things. But I was with him on one occasion. He said, Benny, I want to ask you something. I said, sure, go right ahead. He said, do you find yourself jealous of uh, preachers and churches? I said, listen, I, I have all kinds of problems, tons of them, tons of them. He said, Pastor Benny, I, we're here. You, you're the man who's got it all together. Listen, if you believe that, don't walk through the woods slow today. The squirrels will eat you. You're nuts. No, 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 I, I am not the man that's got it all together. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm pointing you to the man who's got it all together, and that's Jesus, the Lamb of glory. That's Jesus. No, 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 no. You're not need, let's, 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 let's look to Jesus, amen? Let's look to Jesus. Keep our, keep our eyes upon him, not upon any. My eyes are not upon any, by the way. My eyes are, are upon Jesus. 
Every time I've ever been dismayed, discouraged, despondent, I've always got my eyes on something or somebody other than all, on the Lord. As long as, Peter, as long as Peter kept his eyes on the Lord, he was walking on the water. Amen? He was walking on the water. And I, folks, by the way, he's one of my heroes. You say, why is he one of your heroes? He got out of the boat. He got out of the boat. Those other cats stayed in the boat when he got out of the boat. And I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. He got out of the boat. Amen? But I said, no, no, no. That's not a struggle of mine. He said, it is mine. It is mine. And I thought, that's so sad. It's sad that churches would be jealous of one another. Now, I want you to know something, folks. This week, we'll mail out checks. This week, I'll mail out checks from our office. Where will they go, Pastor? To churches. Churches. Churches near and far. Why, why do you do that? Because, folks, we're all on the same team. We're all on the same team. You see, it, it might, listen, listen, by the way, somebody says, oh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an independent Baptist. I'll tell you what, I'd rather, rather than being an independent Baptist, I'd rather be a dependent Baptist and dependent on him. We're a united Methodist. I think that's an oxymoron. <laughs> None of that matters, folks. What matters is we know Christ. What matters is we know Jesus. All that's of man, but Jesus is who changes our lives. It's Jesus Christ, not some denomination. Not some denomination. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. Let me tell you something, folks. We're not awful careful. Even in the church, we can become jealous. Why, why did that child get the Christmas part and my child didn't get the Christmas part? Why, why, did, why did he get on the board and I didn't get on the board? Why, why is pastor closer to him than he is me? Because I like him more. <laughs> why, 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 why does she sing all the time? Because she can and you can't. Are we okay? Listen, folks, listen, listen. We become jealous because of people, because of prosperity, because of position, because of performance. I'll tell you something else. We become jealous of people because of their personality. They walk into a room, people are just drawn to them. <laughs> you, they walk into a room, people are just drawn. You could barbecue a squirrel and invite all your friends over for dinner and have food left over. He just got it. But anyway, <laughs> you're jealous of their personality. Let, 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 me, let me tell you the sixth thing we're jealous, popularity. Popularity. That was, that was Saul's problem. David was getting more popularity than he was. Now, here's, here's one thing. Here's what I want you to understand. This is the most important thing I'll say. If you have jealousy in your life, come up real close. Come up real close. If you have jealousy in your life, if I have jealousy in my life, it stems from one thing, insecurity. Now, it's not about the other person. It's about you. It's, I, I know it's quiet in this Episcopalian church, but that's okay. It stems from our insecurity. But I want you to understand something. If you don't deal with it, it will destroy you. And let me tell you something. 
You'll destroy relationships and you'll destroy others along the way. If you don't deal with it, it will destroy you. You'll destroy relationships and you'll destroy others along the way. Now, keep in mind, Saul started out throwing that javelin at David, but wait. Before it was over, according to the Scripture, he was throwing a javelin at his son, Jonathan. He was throwing a javelin at his son, his own flesh and blood, because, see, his jealousy not only affected him, but, ladies and gentlemen, it affected others. Now, I, I, don't, I don't do any counseling now. I, I'm not a counselor. So don't anybody call and say, I just need to see Pastor Benny. He's the counselor. Listen, if I was suicidal, I wouldn't see myself. A man that wants to talk as much as I want to talk is not a good counselor. A counselor is somebody who listens and processes. See, I'm a preacher. I'm, I, I, you know, I just, I, I just preach. I just preach. You say, Brother Benny, when you're up preaching, sometimes do you forget what you're going to say? Do you forget what you're going to say all the time? You say, what do you do when you forget what you're going to say next? I just keep talking till I remember. Just keep talking till I remember. But years ago, back when I used to do counseling, I met with a couple. I knew the problem. I, I, I zeroed in the problem immediately. He was insanely jealous, but it was his insecurity. It was his insecurity. And I tried to work with him, and I tried to work with him, and they ended up divorced because he never good, she never gave him any grounds for his jealousy, but he never could get past it because of his own insecurity. And friends, sometimes that insecurity goes back to your child-rearing years, but it creeps itself up in a relationship 25 years later. Now, here's what I want you to see, and i got to move quickly on this. How, how, do you, how do you overcome jealousy? Well, well, here's what I want you to understand. If someone is jealous of you, and I'm not going to camp here long. I'm just real brief. If someone is jealous of you, three things you need to do. Avoid that person. That's what David did. He just got away from Saul. You read the text. He just got away from Saul. Number two, don't waste your time and energy responding. Don't waste, look, Proverbs 23 and 9, look what it says. Speak not unto the ears of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of thy words. Speak not into the ears of a fool. So I say to you, don't waste your time and energy responding. Here's what you said, Pastor Benny, what, what do you do when people criticize you? Just keep on going, folks. Crows only pick at the best fruit. Amen? Just keep on going. Just keep on doing what you need to do. No, 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 you can't. You can't. You say, well, I'm going to respond. No, 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 don't respond. Just keep on doing what you need to do for the honor and glory of God. Live for an audience of one anyway. Number three, understand that people will forgive you of anything but success. People will forgive you of anything. Think about this. David didn't have any problem till he killed the giant. And after he killed the giant, that's when problems came. Let me just, this, this is a Bennyism. If you don't have the book, you ought to, it's, this, it's a classic. It's a classic. You ought to get it. It's one of those books if uh, uh, once you lay it down, it's hard to pick it back up. It's a classic. 
But this is a miniism. God's blessing, the devil's messing. Now, here's what I want you to understand. When I said, how can people get victory over jealousy? How can people get victory over jealousy? I said, now, I got to get some biblical examples. I began to, I got to get biblical examples of people who overcame jealousy. And I thought, well, in other words, Cain and Abel, but Cain didn't overcome it. I said, there was Joseph and his brothers. And I thought, well, they didn't overcome it. Well, then there was a prodigal son and his brother. And I thought, oh, he didn't overcome it. And then there was Saul and David and they didn't overcome it. My goodness, I can't find an example where a guy overcame or a gal overcame jealousy. But I know the answer is in the Word of God. Let me tell you something. I, I'm a simple guy, but there's a man who's very successful. And he didn't give a lot of advice. But let me say something to you, folks. Let me, let me just say something to you. If I could go back and, and do my life over, if I could go back and do my life over, I would listen a whole lot more. I'd listen a whole lot more, especially people that are older and wiser. You don't know it all. You don't have all the answers. Friend, when you, as you get older, somebody said, Brother Benny, you ought to run for president. Run for president? If they went back and got all those CDs and tapes and all the silly things I've said through the years that I wish I could go back and unsay. But I would say something very biblical is for young people to get with older people and learn from them. You don't have all the answers, and you're welcome. One of the wisest men I ever met said to me on one occasion, he said, I set my three children down and I told them this. If you can reach the point in life that you're proud for the other person when they do better than you do, than you've done, you'll go far in life. And when you reach the point that you can congratulate somebody else, when you reach the point that you can commend somebody else, when you reach the point that you can praise your enemies, See, God turned the captivity on Job when he prayed for his friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, those guys who had talked about him. That's when God turned the captivity on him. That's when God gave him double what he had before when he reached that point, by the way. So, how can we have victory over jealousy? Number one, realize you have a problem. Realize you have a problem. And my insecurities created a problem. And I ask God to forgive me. Realize you've got a problem. Step number two, resolve you need supernatural help. Resolve you need supernatural help. In Galatians chapter 5, I want you to see something. When you follow the desires of the flesh or the sinful nature, the results are very clear. Look at some of these. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, wait. Jealousy? Now, wait, jealousy, God sees jealousy like sexual immorality? I didn't say it, he did. Outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
You say, Brother Benny, this is what I believe. It don't matter what you believe. That's what he said. It don't matter what I believe. That's what he said. So you say, Pastor, those, this jealousy, it's a, it's a work of the flesh, certainly. So how do we overcome it? Well, look at the next verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Here's what I want you to see. The only way we can overcome it is through the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. We can't overcome jealousy on our own. We can't overcome anything on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Yesterday at home, I shouldn't tell you this story, but yesterday at our house, I was, I'm always running through the house, running through the house. I told Barbara the other day, I said, I've taken some cold medicine. It's made me so hyper. She said, my goodness, how can you tell? But anyway, <laughs> I was running through the house, and she was, she was reading her Bible, and she said, Benny, would you wait? Would you stop just a minute? I said, sure, I will. And I could tell it was one of those moments. I thought, I don't, this is a pretty serious moment. She said, I want you to know something. You think Joyce Meyer's my favorite preacher. But she's not. You are. And then she said, you said something that really helped me. I said, what did I say that really helped you? She said, you talked about several times a day. You say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And she said, I'm going through something right now, and I've been doing that. I've been saying, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Because, folks, we can't do it on our own. We need the Holy Spirit. You can believe what you want to believe, but the Christian life is not difficult without the Holy Spirit. The Christian life is impossible without the Holy Spirit. We can't live it without the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't walk. We can't do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't overcome anything in my life. You can't overcome anything in your life. And let me tell you something. I love Rock Springs Church. There's no other place anywhere near this place like this place. This must be the place. You say, what's our greatest need? This is what I believe, folks. I believe we've got a great church. I believe we've got great music. I believe we have a great presentation on Sunday. I believe Amber does a great job. I believe at our other campuses they do a great job. I believe we're doing okay, but I want you to say something. We need the Holy Spirit more than we need anything else. We need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit more than we need anything else. I need, you need the Holy Spirit more than we need anything else. If he gets filled up with the Holy Spirit, he'll be the husband he needs to be. If she gets filled up with the Holy Spirit, she'll be the wife she needs to be. If I get filled up with the Holy Spirit, I'll be the pastor I need to be. You'll be the man you need to be. You'll be the woman you need to be. If we have a filling of the Holy Spirit of God, we need him more than we need anything else. You said, Brother Benny, I, I don't know. What, what, wait, wait. Luke 11 and 13. Wait. If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? This is not a Pentecostal thing. This is not a Presbyterian thing. This is a Christian thing. This is a Christian thing. The Holy Spirit is for all people. And the fruit of it is love, joy, and peace. 
Let me move to point number three. I can preach a month there. Point number three, reflect on God's goodness to you. <laughs> reflect on God's. Let me, let me, I, I'm almost done. But listen to this. Saul, you're jealous of this little old boy, David? Saul, you've got a palace. You've got a marble tub. You've got perfume soap. You've got silk sheets. You drive a Mercedes. My goodness, you, you've got everything anybody could want in life. You've got a Tennessee golf cart. You've got it all. But here he had everything. And he was consumed with David. Let me tell you something, folks. Psalms 103, verses 1 and 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Yesterday, I was here studying, and I looked. I just reached, and I grabbed a, my bottom drawer, and I pulled this old notebook out. And it's a prayer journal. It's a prayer journal. And I looked at some of my prayers that I'd written out, and here's a prayer I prayed on August the 28th, 1998. This shows you how deep your pastor is. He's real deep. This was the prayer. Help Savannah learn her ABCs, Lord. And I said, God, I pray for 325 people to come to church this Sunday. You tell me, folks, I don't have something to thank God for. You tell me I can't look around. I can't look around and see God's goodness. Folks, and you can look in your life, and you can see God's goodness on your life. Number, eight, number four, refuse to think about your object of jealousy. Say, no, no, that thought's not coming from God. I'm just not going to think about it. No, no, that's not coming from God. I, I'm not going to think about that. That's from the enemy. And I'll tell you, the most important thing that will help you and me and anybody else to overcome jealousy is remember how much God loves you. Remember how much God loves you. And when you realize God don't love you because you're valuable, <laughs> you're valuable because God loves you. <laughs> and you realize just how much God loves you. See, God loved you so much he created you. And God loved you so much he didn't want to be without you. So he sent his son to die on a cross. And his son died on a cross because he said, I don't want to ever be without them. And if they accept my son, they can have eternal life. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said, it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner 
B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin. And I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.